Hi everyone and welcome to Small Talk. I'm your host, Maggie McIntyre, and today I am joined by sports broadcaster for the Toronto Raptors, Mr. Jack Armstrong. Mr. Armstrong, welcome to the show. Maggie, my pleasure. Glad to be on with you. Awesome. Well, first I want to talk to you about how you graduated from Fordham and you're from Brooklyn, New York, but before you got into broadcasting, you coached at Niagara for 10 years. How did that opportunity even come up? Uh, well, I was an assistant at Fordham, and uh, I got hired as an assistant at Niagara uh, in 1988. And uh, here I was, the lead assistant, and a year later, the, the uh, coach I worked for, Andy Walker, uh, got let go a few weeks before practice started in my second year. And they turned around and they named a 26-year-old guy uh, as the head coach, one, you know, the youngest Division One coach in college basketball at the time, and one of the youngest ever. And uh, and the rest is history, I guess. So uh, here I am, and, uh, and then you know I had a great time at Niagara. The ten years I spent there, and nine of them as the head coach, and uh, it was just a, a wonderful experience. And, uh, and then when I left Niagara, I was fortunate enough to get hired by the Raptors, and here I am uh, in my 22nd season calling games. So it's been a it's been a tremendous ride and a wonderful experience meeting so many uh, really cool people, uh, and it's it's been a it's had an amazing impact on my life. Yeah, I mean, so you said in your second year as an assistant, you just turned around and got named the head coach. What was that like for you? Right. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot different uh, giving suggestions and making this, making these decisions. I mean, I guess the good thing for me was at least uh, I coached, I was a high school coach for two years. Uh, and, 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 and on top of that, when I was an assistant at Fordham, we had a JV team there as well. And I was the head coach of that. So at least I had a little bit of head coaching kind of persona to me. Okay. Where I, I, I had to, you know, I had to make my own decisions. Now, obviously, it's not being, it's not as a Division One head coach. Uh, nonetheless, uh, it's still, it, you're still your own boss. And you're still, you know, you're, you're the one all the shot. So, at least I had that experience of having done it before. Uh, but obviously, you make a, a major step where you're, coaching at a very high level against really uh, talented competition, great coaches. And, uh, you know, there's definitely a, a learning curve. And, and unfortunately, at the time when I took over, our talent base just wasn't very good. So you're, uh, you know, you're, you're just, you're, you're trying to fight for your life and keep your team competitive as best as you can. Right. Was that your goal coming out of college to be a head coach one day? Was trying to, you know, be, 
position where I could coach. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, to me, it was really important to, to do that. And, and I'm so glad that, uh, you know, it worked out at, at the Division One level. And uh, it was an amazing experience to, to have that opportunity and, and to, be, uh, to be in a position where uh, you have such an impact, uh, you know, on, on a game in, in terms of working at a university and, and just being able to uh, have such a, a big stake in it and, and really put the time into it. So it was, uh, it was just a great, great opportunity that, you know, I, I can never say thank you enough to the folks at Niagara for giving me that chance. Yeah. I mean, after that, your career kind of took a turn. Did you ever think you would be a sportscaster after your coaching career ended? Well, you know, I, I have a, a master's degree in communications from Fordham, uh, and I never thought I'd use it. And honestly, <laughs> the only reason I got my master's in communications was it fit our practice schedule when I was coaching, so it kind of worked. I mean, uh, so that's what I ended up taking. Right. But... Uh, Theoretically, I could have taken, gotten a master's in philosophy or criminal justice or whatever the case may be, but uh, that just ended up being the, the thing that I took, uh, and, it, and it just worked out uh, that you know now I'm the head coach in Niagara. I have my own TV show, I have my own radio show. Uh, you're, you're dealing with the media all the time, right? Uh, you know, so you, you have that kind of exposure to it. So you know, ultimately. It led to uh, uh, a, a great chance then when I left coaching that I was already really comfortable in front of a microphone, in front of a camera. Um, and, you know, that's what they do with ex-coaches. They throw us on TV and radio, and we go from being idiots to experts overnight. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'd say the degree paid off, but how did that, how did that opportunity even come up with the Raptors? Uh, well, I got fired. <laughs> uh, you know, I was the head coach at Niagara. We didn't win enough. And uh, I had a year left on my contract. And the Raptors really had an opening uh, for a broadcaster. Uh, and I started off as the radio analyst uh, in 1998. Actually, I'm driving home from Toronto right now. We played the Chicago Bulls tonight, and my broadcast partner, uh, my first 10 years with the Raptors was a guy named Chuck Swirsky, and now the last 12 years, he's been with the Chicago Bulls. Oh, nice. So, uh, so you know, we looked at each other tonight and said, here we go, year 22 in the NBA. Uh, so, it just worked out, you know, and at the same time, uh, I got hired doing a lot of college basketball as well. Uh, for MSG Network and, uh, you know, the MAC Conference, the Atlantic 10, ESPN Regional, uh, you know, Fox Sports, uh, you know, just a lot of different yeah. uh, college basketball packages. And, you know, just little by little it developed uh, and it just kept growing. Um, so after the first year, I had a year left on my contract at Niagara. I said, well, you know, I'm going to take a year off from coaching. I'm burnt out. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to give this a shot. Sure, why not? And see how it goes. But in the back of my mind, I always felt I would get back into coaching. And a year later, I was like, man, I'm having a really good time with this. Yeah. Uh, and, and the people, the Raptors, uh, and, you know, it's a lesson I've 
always learned you do it for the opportunity. I told the people in Toronto, you pay me whatever you want to pay me in the first year. Uh, I'm already getting paid. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, I want the opportunity. I'm happy to do it. And after a year, when my contract, coaching contract's up, uh, then I'll decide if I want to go back into coaching. And if I don't, uh, if you want me back, obviously uh, we're going to have to sit down and because I'm going to have to make a living doing this. Uh, and it just worked out that I was happy uh, doing it, and more importantly, they were happy with me. And then little by little, it just took off. And you know, I had a number of opportunities to get back into coaching, uh, but thankfully, uh, a lot of my coaching friends said to me, Hey man, you're, you know, you're really happy. You're having a good time. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of joy in your voice. There's a lot of enthusiasm and love for what you're doing. And you're really, you can be, you can end up being, you can end up being good at this. Uh, you know, this is something that work itself out with. So, uh, just one thing led to another and, and I stuck with it and little by little, it just kept growing and growing and, here I am, uh, having had now, you know, 21 years under my belt and starting my 22nd year now uh, in the NBA. And uh, I did college basketball on TV for my first 18 years. Uh -huh. And the last few years, the last few years I stopped doing it because you get to a point where you're never home. Yeah. Uh, I would have a Friday night game in Toronto. I'd be on a 6 a.m. flight. The next morning to New York and do a, a college game in New York or Philly or Washington, and then be on the night flight back Saturday night and have a Sunday afternoon game in Toronto. You know, so it was just it was never ending. And, yeah. You, know, you have a young family, and uh, but on the other hand, you got to start yourself off in a new career, and you, you can't turn down gigs, and you got to take every opportunity that's thrown your way because every time you do it, you get a little bit better at it. Right. You know? So uh, to me, it was, uh, uh, so I, I love doing the college games as well. Uh, I did the WNBA for two years as well. I did the, uh, I, I, for two years, I did the New York Liberty for MSG Network. Uh, and that was an incredible experience as well. And so I, I've had the good fortune to work with a lot of great people. Uh, you know, worked the uh, NBA, WNBA, NCA, you name it. You've done it all. Uh, and, and, you know, so uh, I, I feel really fortunate that uh, I stuck with it. I stayed with it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. I have a lot of coaching friends that get out, and it's hard to make a living at it. There's only so many places that you can actually do it and, and, and be able to make a living at it because um, there are only so many gigs. I mean, right. like a job like I have. There's only thirty. There's only thirty of them in the world. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, so it's, it's it's super competitive, and it, it's and uh, so it's been it's been fun. Yeah, I mean, well, you get to broadcast a team as successful as the Raptors. What was it like, you know, going through those NBA Finals last season? Well, you know, you just you, you, there's so many twists and turns, Maggie, and, and oh, so many ups and downs, and you just don't know how it's going to turn out. You know, you, 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 you wish you knew what the, the back end of the script was right. uh, before you start the journey, but that's that's the fun, the, the journey's the fun part. <laughs> uh, it's just the intrigue. 
and the drama and the excitement, you have no idea how it's going to turn out. So it's as much as it's a roller coaster ride for the players and coaches. And it fans, is for you. It's the same for the broadcasters because <clears throat> you're the one, you know, conveying uh, what's going on and, and you know relating to people and and and, and really expressing you know what's happening and. Uh, so it's it's very time consuming, incredibly intense, uh, a lot a lot of scrutiny. Uh, the, the spotlight shines brighter. Yeah. And I mean, I have newfound respect as a former coach for you know what the Warriors went through with a five year run, and yeah. uh, the Cavaliers with LeBron, and the New England Patriots, and the. Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins and the, you know any you know the Yankees or Manchester United or Real Madrid any of any of those teams that are are in it every year and, and are constantly dealing with the day to day huge swarms of media and uh, fan attention uh, it's a lot yeah and uh, at times it can it can wear on you. But there's nothing, there's nothing more fun than that, you know, because I've also been around teams that have been bad. Uh, I've been around seasons in the NBA that have been frustrating. And, uh, you know, you, you, you just, you, 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 so you, you, you really are grateful and appreciate when, when those good times come and those great opportunities come your way. I'm sure. Did you have a favorite player you liked to watch last season? Or anybody upcoming that you're looking forward to? Well, last year, obviously, with the Raptors, I mean, Kawhi Leonard was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, we don't win a title uh, without, you know, all that he did. I mean, the guy literally uh, was just uh, just an incredible leader by example, uh, a tremendous competitor, uh, a guy that, uh, you know, stole cold assassin. And a guy that, you know, delivered in the clutch. Uh, and, you know, if you look at the Raptors, uh, this is the first team in the modern era that has ever won a title. Yeah. Uh, the, guy, the guys that played, uh, there was no lottery picks in that group. You know, these are all, so all these teams that tank and think that's the way to go, uh, you know, when you when you really look at it, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. There's a lot of ways to win. And I think uh, a lot of the guys with the Raptors, the thing that I really enjoyed and appreciated was that uh, this was a team in every sense of the word. They sacrificed. They played for each other. Uh, they were disciplined. They were well coached. They were together. Uh, and, you know, this was the sixth year of winning in Toronto. I mean, four years in a row, 50-plus wins. Six years in a row in the playoffs. Yeah. The best record in the Eastern Conference in the last six years. So this thing was building. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it, it, but it only builds to a point. And then you get Kawhi. Uh, and the Raptors had great teams but couldn't get by LeBron James. Yep. But finally, but finally we got our version of LeBron James. Yeah. And uh, what a difference. Uh, obviously, what a difference it made, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's unbelievable. I can't imagine what that feeling was like for you. Oh, it was uh, it was pretty cool, and and to see it firsthand, uh, 
unfortunately, I saw LeBron so many times and his greatness in person. Yeah. Having been, having been eliminated three years in a row by the Cavs, and, uh, you know, I have incredible respect for him and his game. Uh, to then have that guy on your side is a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, you get to watch him every night. Well, completely switching gears here, what advice would you give to young people in such a competitive field like sports broadcasting? Wow. Uh, I think the first thing is uh, you got to be yourself. And you, you got to have, you know, you can't try to be somebody else. You can't try to mimic someone else's style because uh, ultimately people can see through that. Uh, authenticity is a big deal. I think when people feel like they connect with you, uh, the person that's on TV or the person that's on radio is 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 the same person that uh, is on the air, and it's not some actor trying to act like a uh, you know like a sports broadcaster. That it makes it makes a big difference, and to me, I think that's. Uh, that ultimately is, is what it's about, is having, is having uh, the ability to, to be authentic and be yourself and to, and to really be somebody that um, is, is, is legit and real and fun and enjoyable. And, and you know, and, and just uh, that, that's what, to me, it's all about, you know. And, and uh, so I think you got to be yourself. You gotta understand that it's a really tough business. That for every bright light that shines on Broadway, there's a thousand broken lights. You know that not everyone makes it. Yeah. Uh, it's just like it's like pro sports. Uh, it's like anything else. I mean, it's, it's a hard business. Uh, you, you just you don't you know you have to you gotta persevere. And, uh, there's a and there's a lot of jobs in it. Uh, everyone wants to be on air. Uh, but there's only so many on-air jobs out there. Yeah. Uh, and the, willing, the willingness to uh, try to be in the business uh, and do other things that uh, maybe uh, are going to help you get to a point where you can be successful uh, in the business is important. You know that you have to you have to say to yourself. Sometimes you got to take uh, a job in a small market. Uh, not everyone's going to end up on ESPN the first day. Uh, I think being able to get a job in a small market and, and get experience and get reps and learn and make mistakes and grow, uh, because you know a lot of times you only get one chance, and a lot of people a lot of people want to get to third base right away. And when you get to third base and you haven't had a lot of experience, uh, if you don't get it done quick, yeah, uh, it all go, goes away on you. So my feeling is, uh, if, it, if it makes sense to start off in Peoria, Illinois, and then to go to Topeka, Kansas, and then to go to Kansas City, and then to go to Chicago, uh, and then, you know, now you're in a big market, but you're ready for that big market. And I think too often, sometimes people want to end up in Chicago right away, and they're not ready yet. Uh, so to me, I think that's a big, big thing that I, I look at that's really important, is that uh, 
succeed. Yeah, I mean, what great yeah. advice. It definitely makes sense. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, but it, it, it's, it's uh, I, I was fortunate, and I'm not, I'm not kidding you, I was fortunate as a young coach to get an opportunity. Uh, I was fortunate as a, a coach uh, that gets let go to get a, one of the clubs in the NBA. Yeah. But the Raptors were only uh, finishing up their third year in existence, so I kind of got in at a starter company. Yeah. Well. You know, and I think I see it a lot with uh, young people that want to intern. You know, they all want to intern for, uh, you know, for the Yankees, for example. And, and my feeling is everyone wants to intern for the Yankees. I think it's a lot, I think it's a lot smarter to try to intern for uh, a team that maybe is not as uh, prominent and not as big a deal and and then get your experience uh, because they, they need you more. They, they, you know, they're relying on you more. Sure. And, you know, the, actual, the actual practical experience you're going to get with a franchise like that is going to be a lot better than any kind of experience you would get for a big organization where you're, uh, you know, you're a small potato. You're right. Exactly. All right, Jack, well, it's time for a couple buzzer beaters. Do you have a favorite one-liner? Well, I have two, I have two favorite one-liners. Uh, I use them on the air. I use the get that garbage out of here when uh, a Raptor player blocks a shot. Uh, I, garbage is a substitute for the word you use on the schoolyard, but I can't use it because it's a family show, but it starts with S. Okay. And then, and then uh, I guess the other one would be, uh, hello, you know, when there's a great play uh, made by somebody, uh, it's kind of my way of saying, uh, it's kind of a, a, an exclamation uh, point, you know, a, a, a big time play that, that I saw, you know, that I, I give it a little emphasis and a little look. Uh, but those would be my two one lines. Awesome. What is your favorite sport besides basketball? Baseball. Uh, I grew up a Yankee fan. I'm a, still a passionate baseball fan. I, I grew up playing basketball, baseball. I love baseball, always will. Um, and as a basketball guy, I enjoy the, the pace of it. Uh, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a change of pace for me as a hoops guy uh-huh. to be able to, to kind of get away from the craziness and the frantic uh, level of intensity that that is basketball, and more of something that's conversational and philosophical and uh, very you know very strategic oriented. And uh, so, to me, that's that's a sport that's always been near and dear to my heart. All right. What is your favorite genre of music? Uh, my favorite genre of music, I guess now that I'm old, I guess it would be considered, uh, I mean, I listen to, I guess you would call it uh, cla- classic rock or whatever you'd call it. I mean, I love the Beatles, the Stones, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Elton John, uh, Billy Joel. The who, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I guess, uh, I guess it would be your, your parents' generation. <laughs> uh, but I'll never forget when I graduated high school, our high school uh, commencement speaker said to us, you know, you guys think you're really 
really cool. But just remember, the music that you're listening to now, you'll be riding in an elevator someday, or you'll be in a dentist's office, and it'll be on, uh, it'll be on there, and uh, it'll be more of a just traditional background music than actually the end thing to be listening to. <laughs> and uh, he was so right. He was right. All right, well, Tim Hortons or Dunkin' Coffee? Well, I don't drink coffee. Uh, the only time I drink coffee is if it's got Jameson in it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so I, 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 Tim Hortons, I enjoy. Uh, they have great uh, panini sandwiches. Okay. So I love their, I, I love their sandwiches. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts has good food too, but I'm. Uh, when I do bro- when I broadcast games, I drink green tea, uh, but I'm not a coffee guy. Okay, you drink green tea. Cool. And last one, what is your favorite vacation spot? Wow. Jeez. Uh, my favorite vacation spot. Uh, I've been to Bermuda a few times. Uh, I mean, my parents are from Ireland, so that would be right at the top of the list. Uh, um, uh, you know, I love going on cruises. I've been on a number of cruises in my life. Uh, that I find very relaxing. I like unpacking once and not having to pack every few days and go from one place to the next. Um, so, I, 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 you know, and, and the great thing about the job that I had as a coach and the job I have now is you have the opportunity to travel to some incredible places. Right. And, you know, the sport has been really good to me, and the opportunity to, uh, to really experience it has been uh, just a, a joyous thing. So uh, it's been a lot, a lot of fun. Well, Jack, it's been awesome having you on the show today. Thank you so much for your time. Maggie, my pleasure, and uh, go Purple Eagles, and uh, we'll be following the Lady Purple Eagles this year. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And have a great night. My pleasure. Today's episode of Small Talk. As always, I'm your host, Maggie McIntyre. Thanks for joining me.